This month of Womanica is brought to you by LinkedIn. What does it mean to you to be professional? On LinkedIn, important conversations are happening around what that word means and how it's changing as we rethink when, where, and how we work. LinkedIn members are talking about things like needing more flexibility and taking time away from work to focus on family or mental health. Those things should not stunt career development and growth. Instead, the workplace will be better when we show up on our own terms. Professional is ours to define, and our authentic selves are our professional selves. Post your truth. Show the world the authentic, professional you. And join the conversations redefining professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, welcome professionals. Hey listeners, it's Jenny with another podcast I think you'll love. TED Talks Daily. Every weekday, you'll hear new ideas on every topic imaginable, from artificial intelligence to how the war in Ukraine can change everything. One episode in particular that I thought you'd really like is the recent talk from creator, comedian, and actress Lily Singh. Lily gets into how women and girls are conditioned to believe success is a seat at the table, when really, we should build a better table. She's hilarious and not only shares intimate experiences from her career, but also offers ways we can build a more inclusive society, where girls are encouraged and empowered to do great things. Stick around after this episode to hear part of her talk or head over to TED Talks Daily from the TED Audio Collective, wherever you listen. Hi from Wonder Media Network. I'm Kate Kelly, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about innovators. These are women who help shape the world we live in, from inventors to thinkers, whose decisions to explore new paths led us to where we are today. This episode is part of a crossover season with Ordinary Equality, all about the women whose work and activism contributed to the ongoing history of the Equal Rights Amendment. Head over to that show's feed to hear more about Martha's story in her own words. Today, we're talking about the mother of the ERA. Over the course of her 42-year political career, she fought against gender inequity both in society and under the law. Let's talk about Martha Wright Griffiths. When Martha Edna Wright was born on January 29, 1912, American women couldn't vote. When she was eight years old, the 19th Amendment was ratified, granting women's suffrage to some, though certainly not all. Martha's family didn't have much. Her mother, Luella, believed that education was the path forward for an independent woman. Throughout Martha's childhood, Luella worked extra jobs, saving for her daughter's future. And it paid off. Martha was accepted to the University of Missouri and earned a political science degree, while there, she met Hicks Griffiths. They married when Martha was 21 years old. In 1934, Martha and Hicks both graduated from Mizzou, moved to Michigan, and attended law school. Martha went into practice with a friend from college and worked for the Defense Department for much of World War II. After the war was over, Martha felt pulled towards a different career path, politics. Her start in this new field wasn't easy. She lost her first campaign in 1946. Two years later, in 1948, she won a seat in the Michigan House of Representatives, where she served for two terms. In 1952, after a failed attempt at a U.S. congressional seat, Martha was appointed a judge in Detroit. 
she saw over 400 criminal cases in her time on the bench and got insight into both sides of the law. Two years later, in 1954, Martha won her congressional race without the support of her state Democratic Party. She was only the second Michigan woman to be elected to the U.S. House. She would go on to run and win nine more times. As Martha settled into her new role as Congresswoman, she realized just how often and how brutally women were at the mercy of this country's laws. Reversing that inequity would become her lifelong fight. In 1961, there was a push for women to be assigned to the Ways and Means Committee, which basically deals with all things money. In 1962, Martha became the first woman appointed to the group. One of Martha's most important contributions came in 1964. The Judiciary Committee was debating the Civil Rights Act. Martha honed in on Title VII. Title VII barred employment discrimination based on race, national origin, color, and religion. And thanks to a last-minute amendment from Martha, sex. The amendment proved to be one of the most profound advances for women's rights in the 20th century. But Martha's biggest battle was for the Equal Rights Amendment. The ERA was first introduced in 1923 by Alice Paul. By the time Martha entered the House in 1955, she was convinced that passing the ERA was the only way to seriously improve women's rights. Every year, Martha brought forth the ERA just to watch the Judiciary Committee kill it. So in 1970, Martha decided on a different tactic. She chose the discharge petition, a rarely used procedure that requires the majority of House support. If Martha could get those 218 signatures, she could pull the ERA out of the Judiciary Committee and onto the floor for debate. For 40 days, Martha stalked her fellow representatives, and on August 10, 1970, she opened it up for debate. She said, Mr. Speaker, this is not a battle between the sexes, nor a battle between this body and women. This is a battle with the Supreme Court of the United States. In 1971, the ERA passed in the House. The following spring in 1972, it was approved by the Senate, but it was only ratified by 35 of the required 38 states and to this day has not yet become part of the Constitution. In 1974, Martha decided not to run for an 11th term, but in no way did she retire. She spent a few years as Michigan's lieutenant governor and kept practicing law. On her own tirelessness, she said, before I leave this earth, I would like to know that they have given women the same benefits and promotions as men. All I want is to be human and American and have all the same rights and I will shut up. Martha died on April 22, 2003. She was 91 years old. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another innovator. Special thanks to Womanica's co-creators, Jenny and Liz Kaplan. Check out Ordinary Equality, the podcast and the book, for more on Martha Wright Griffiths and other leaders in the fight for equality. You see, my goal was always a seat at the table. It's what women are conditioned to believe success is. 
And when the chair doesn't fit, when it doesn't reach the table, when it's wobbly, when it's full of splinters, we don't have the luxury of fixing it or finding another one. But we try anyways. We take on that responsibility and we shoulder that burden. Now, I've been fortunate enough to sit at a few seats at a few different tables. And what I've learned is when you get the seat, trying to fix the seat won't fix the problem. Why? Because the table was never built for us in the first place. The solution? Build better tables. So, allow me to be your very own IKEA manual. I would like to present to you a set of guidelines I very eloquently call how to build a table that doesn't suck. I've been told I'm very literal. <laughs> Now, right off the bat, let me tell you, this assembly is going to take more than one person or group of people. It's going to take everyone. Are you ready? Should we dive in? Let's do it. Up first, don't weaponize gratitude. Now, don't get me wrong. Gratitude is a great word. It's nice. It's fluffy, a solid 11 points in Scrabble. Okay? However, let's be clear. Although gratitude feels warm and fuzzy, it's not a form of currency. Women are assigned 10% more work and spend more time on unrewarded, unrecognized, and non-promotable tasks. Basically, what this means is all the things men don't want to do are being handed to women. And a lot of those things largely include things that advance inclusivity, equity, and diversity in the workplace. So hear me when I say, a woman shouldn't be grateful to sit at a table. She should be paid to sit at a table. Especially ones she largely helped build. And a woman's seat shouldn't be threatened if she doesn't seem grateful enough. In other words, corporations, this step involves a woman doing a job and being paid in money, opportunity, and promotion, not just gratitude. And women, yeah, go ahead, live it up, do your, do your, live your life. And women, a moment of real talk, trust me, I've been there and I know it is so tough, but we have to understand and remember that being grateful and being treated fairly are not mutually exclusive. I can be grateful but still know exactly what I deserve, and that's the way to do it. 